We were flying from Barranquilla, Colombia to Bogota, Colombia, South American Airlines. Young Jewish boy on that plane, salesman for their airline. Could speak five different languages and one of those English. Began to talk and he began to ask some questions. Found out we were preachers. He said to me, he said, now I don't want you to think that I'm being critical. But I would really like to ask some questions. He said, now you talk about this man, Jesus Christ. He said, if he was so great, and you, of course, declare him to be God, and if he was so great, why did he have to hurt himself, suffer, to save? Why didn't he just reach out and save? I was so thankful he asked that question. That gave me the greatest opportunity to witness about our lovely Lord. Why did he hurt himself to say if he was so great? That's what makes this story so beautiful this morning. Man had never seen the outstretched love of God until Jesus Christ came and suffered for us. God prescribed a plan of salvation, deliverance for people, and in his prescription he required there be a sufferer. And that, of course, became himself. How would man know his real love? How would they know? If he just by a master hand reached out and said, All right, I'm going to save you and you and you. That would have been power. That would have been majesty. But that would not have been love. A beautiful story is uh, depicted and portrayed to us in the book of Songs of Solomon. And for a long time, I never could quite understand Song of Solomon. It's a beautiful book, but it's kind of a mystery until you know the key. That story is beautiful. Solomon, the great king that could command, uh, well, just whatever he wanted, that's what he did all of the resources at his command, chariots and soldiers, and had many wives, many concubines. He decided he wanted a certain girl he just sent for. That was all. It was good. And there was no question. They had to give up their daughter. She had to come. But the beauty of that story There was one that he found one day and decided that it would be unfair to himself, to her, to just take her by command. She become his bride. And Solomon literally 
for a time left his throne ordered a shepherd's guard and lived on the mountain around about his kingdom as a shepherd he tended sheep just like our lowly shepherd beside the vineyard that this girl was tending All of this time she did not know him, who he was. But the courtship began. Finally one day he told us that I've got to leave. I won't you won't see me for a while. But I'll be coming back. He had finally won her heart. And uh, the second, third chapters and even to the fifth chapter book the songs of Solomon his dreams that she had about him she's dreaming about him. a beautiful story finally one day of course he had instructed her to stay close to the vineyard a certain spot there in the vineyard and one day she said she saw him coming leaping on the hill this mighty valiant man his cherub Solomon had come after his bride that story is beautiful but there's far more beautiful story that it really represents and that's when our lovely Lord disrobed himself of his royal glory and power and put on himself a shepherd's garb as it were he could have demanded every one of us to serve him this morning We'd had no choice, but he'd rather woo us than to him. And that's the reason he came the way he did. To court this human family and to get out of it a bride. And I'm very glad that I yielded to the courtship. Thrilled over today. Praise God and praise God. Now we encourage you to be much in prayer afternoon for the service tonight thrilled to see visitors here today and so many of you coming out we wish you could come in the night services we feel like you're missing something discovering so many folks in this town that don't come to this church claim the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues and baptize in Jesus name and yet don't come to this church I'd be glad when we get them all rounded up and get them prayed through and make them to understand an obligation they have to the house of God. I warn you, you cannot be saved out there by yourself. You've got to have help. Right. Well, time passes so fast on us. I just wish we had... I wish it was... Uh, like it was in Jamaica. You get up to preach there in Jamaica on Sunday morning. They are very disappointed if you don't preach and hold them somewhere around 3 o'clock. Oh, they're disappointed. Because the majority of them will stay there all day anyhow. Praying, singing. 
And of course, the difference between uh, this congregation and that one is, of course, not only the color of faces, but you're disappointed if we don't close at 12. But I hate to disappoint you this morning, but it's very possible you will be. But some of you, I believe, is hungry for revival. And you're hungry for the word. Praise God. One more time, if you will, let's just love him together from the bottom of your heart. Thank God and thank God. Jesus, we love you today. Jesus, we love you today. Jesus, we love you today. chapter of the book of Judges, to begin reading at the first verse. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinon, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly, 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 willingly offered themselves. That's what God's looking for, somebody that is not forced, but willing. On over to the sixth verse. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. Would you please notice the condition that existed? Highways were unoccupied. Travelers walked through byways. Inhabitants of the villages ceased. Until something happened. Now, I really don't expect to get many converts this morning. Really don't intend to. Would not even plan on it. If I could just get two of you, I could make disciples out of you, these two is all I would really need. The rest of you could take you a nap now while we preach. But if I could just reach two of you, that's all I would feel like I had really accomplished something if I could reach two of you. I don't intend to reach the rest of you. I don't plan to. I know I will not. But if I could just get two of you, two of you, then I would have uh, succeeded this morning in the purpose of this message. It's a very strange and peculiar message. Maybe to some of you, but I'm going to talk about motherhood. 
It's not Mother's Day by no means, but I'm going to talk about motherhood. Maybe a little shocking to you, but I want you to know that I am a mother. I've got some babies. Really am. Got some children. They're mine too. In case that uh, sounds a little strange and you think that's a false claim, the Apostle Paul, a genuine man, was not anything feminine about him. A genuine man. He said, I, Paul, travail in birth again till Christ be formed in you. I travail and gave birth to you, and now I'm travailing in birth again until Christ be formed in you. A genuine man talking. Paul actually gave birth to this church, to these people. <clears throat> and he said, not only did I travail and give birth to you, but I am travailing again. So the claim is not false. It is altogether fitting. And I believe you'll understand it as we go into this message. The inhabitants of the village had ceased. The travelers walked through byways, the highways were unoccupied until that I, Deborah, <coughs> arose. And not only did I arrive, she said, but I arose a mother in Israel. A mother. The greatest need of Pentecost today is the spirit of motherhood. There is no need as great as that. Our pews will be empty, our altars will be empty until somebody takes hold of the spirit of motherhood. And as I say, I do not expect you all to do it. Some of you couldn't. You just couldn't receive it. You are in no position to receive it. It doesn't mean you're not, uh, uh, not saved. But they're just, uh, some folks just, of course, I... I don't mean to say that that everyone that doesn't have it is uh, is lost or are are saved. It's just very possible the reason you don't have it could cause you to be lost. But some folks have never caught the vision. They've never understood it. We preach the necessity of the Holy Ghost very clearly, but friend, there's 
something, the reason why you got the Holy Ghost is more than to save yourself. You immediately become a savior of others if you walk with God as you should. As the apostle plainly taught, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on to perfection. So there are far more things out there for you. Receiving the Holy Ghost is only an introduction to it. Of course, you could receive none of these things except by receiving the Holy Ghost, first of all. But after having received it, then you launch on out into these different phases of the work of God and the ministries. And the most valuable and most important is this one of motherhood. You will turn to the book of uh, Exodus, first chapter. 15th verse, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Sephra, and the name of the other pure. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him, but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but save the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives, said unto them, Why have you done this thing, and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. Will you please note the distinction? The Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. I would like for you to know this morning there is a definite, distinct difference between this church and any other church. Hallelujah. No doubt if uh, we were like other men, other churches, we could have already numbered up quite a, quite a number of uh, membership. No doubt we could have shook hands with quite a number already, signed them up, and they would be members. In fact, it's got to where it's uh, pretty simple to do that. They don't even have to have a long revival. Ten-day meetings long enough, right up quite a few. So many converts and what have you. But this church stands out, distinct, different, and separate from any other church in this town. We are not like the Egyptian women. This church does not bring forth members like they bring forth members. This is not a card signed in the fair. Friend, when you get into this church, there's a process. It's not a handshake. It's not that, friend. It goes beyond that. 
There is a definite and distinct process to get in the church of the living God. And that process is this. It shall be said of Zion, this and that man was born in her. You don't get in this thing without birth. To get into this church, there's a distinct process of birth. That makes us different from everything in the country. Uh, all you have to do, of course, is get in those other places. Just raise your hand, make a decision for Christ, put your hand on the radio, shake your hand, sign a card, and that's it. And you're in. And you can't get out. But uh, it's different around here. God's church. For you to become a member of his church, there is a definite process. And it's a lot more serious than some folks realize that it is. It's a lot more costly than some folks think it is. Every member of this church that I'm talking about of God's church. Every member of this church is not a member of God's church. I can tell you that. Not only this church, but others. Those names on roles that don't even have anything to do with the name of the eternal role. But I'm talking about God's church. I'm talking about the one that has their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Everyone whose name goes on that great membership roll of the immortal scrolls of eternity came by a very definite plan, process. And it was costly. It did not just happen. It wasn't an automatic thing. It wasn't a casual thing. It was a process. You just don't have babies without mothers. I said you just don't have babies without mothers. It has not come to the incubator deal so far. It has come back at all. If you want to know how a baby's born, go back there to the first one. See how it was born? That's exactly how the last one will be born. And I say, if you want to know how to get in the church of the living God, go back there where the first ones got in, and that's how the last ones are going to get in. process. There is a definite distinction. The Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. Thank God I'm glad I realized that. Oh, listen, friend. When somebody gets into this thing, oh, when somebody gets into this thing, it's not like joining the Lions Club or the Boy Scout meeting. I want you to know that. More involved than that. Oh, if God would help us as his people to realize the need of motherhood in the church. Now, there are four, at least four, different groups involved in the birth of a child. There is the mother... 
There's the doctor or midwife. There's the relatives. And there are the friends of that child. Four different groups. Now here in the book of Exodus we find mentioned midwives. And then there's another mention of midwives too. And of course the king had given orders for these midwives to, as they waited upon these Hebrew women to kill the men's children. And they didn't do it. The Bible said they feared God. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. The people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them help. King was very uh, disturbed why they hadn't done this thing. And the answer was, they're, uh, they're not like the Egyptian women. They're lively and are delivered. Ere the midwives come into this. There's a difference. There's a distinction. And of course, that is a very important point here, and I want this church to get attained. When the church really gets lively like it ought to, then, of course, you don't even need this midwife stool. That's all in the world it's all to is a midwife stool. When the church gets lively enough, why, they can be born uh, sitting back there on that bench while the song service is going on, testimony service is going on. One night in uh, Houston and Brother Kilgore's church in revival, Polly was taking up an offering. The lady just prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Right uh, offerings are not so bad after all. God filled the woman with the Holy Ghost while they're taking up an offering. It was because the Hebrew women had become lively. Hallelujah. And were delivered. There the midwives came under. I'll tell you where I got this message. And I preached it in, I guess, every church except one, and I read the text of preaching in it and took six and couldn't finish it. The Lord spoke to me and told me to tell his people. Where I got this message is in my mother's church one night, under the little old tabernacle, all that story. There were several of us around the hand there praying at the altar. No, we struggled. Just praying and praying and it looked like it wasn't getting anywhere. Praying hard. And of course, the rest of the church, as usual, was back in the back. And, and my necessary church, you know, my church. And the, you know how it is. How do you like that car you just bought? And all they're actually making as much noise as we want, if not more. We was laughing and praying, oh God. The confusion back there was hindering the man who seemed to be able to get his eye on the Lord. But after a while, somebody touched God. I don't know who it was. Somebody. And the old boy threw his hands up and began to speak in tongues.
back off and get out of the way. Let them have a space. Let them have a and I backed off and I began to walk. Oh, God love you, brother. We're so happy. Amen. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Move that this up. Move this up. The Lord said, now, son, I want to teach you a lesson. No, I'm glad I learned it. Uh, he said, these folks that came up here, rushing up here, they are not the mother of that child. Mother, midwife, relative, friend. When a baby's born, you know, folks go to the hospital and they look through that glass. Oh, the baby is from home when I'm supposed to come. I don't baby here. There's the one that gets the honor. I said, there's the one that gets the honor. Wake up and hear me. There's the one. He said, these folks are only relatives. Now, there was three or four of us around him. And who became the mother, heaven only knows. But, even though there was three or four around, does not mean that all three or all four of them were mothers. They were midwives. And that's a good job. That's an honorable position. Because we need some good midwives. I said we need some good midwives. That's the ones that stand around, that's their hands, sitting in their ears, and say, hold on to God. Tell me say, turn and look at you. Tell say, don't give up. Tell me say, give up. And that's what they do. Well, don't stop, for God's sake. Keep a holler in his ear. Oh, please do. Don't. Please, do that. And we need some good midwives. That's all in the world that is, is midwives. And this is a midwife too, right here. The only reason you need all the things in the church is when the Hebrew women are not like This altar bench is made for one thing. And that's for the midwives too. 
God has never been really planned. Let people walk around on all the things all their lives. Amen. The Bible says he will not dwell in an unclean temple, which means if he hadn't come in, there's something in there that hadn't come out. I'll be a settlement holy. There's nothing but the sin of unbelief, and of course that's enough to send in the hell. The Bible says the sin of unbelief is without that point. Oh, if it comes to the sin of unbelief. But anyhow, there are some cases, some cases where that it is necessary to have a missile to assist in the birth of that child. And Lord knows we need some training along that line. Uh, not against missile. We need it. I'm pleading for more of it. Hallelujah. But, uh, it doesn't really go on the record to honor the midwife. It's the mother. There's significant because that there's a woman. Hey, you'll face a woman that suffered under coldness. When that baby is there, thank you. Get your hat to her. And don't forget it. God's got birth certificates recorded in the immortal soul of this country. He's got names on that in the mother some folks can live a lifetime in a church and never be nothing but a relative. Some can live a lifetime and never be nothing but a good midwife. But how can we be satisfied to just be a midwife? To know how to keep them praying and keep them shouting and keep them worshiping. How can we be satisfied? And of course, some have never learned to be a good midwife. All they know to do is just start little things that they see someone else do. And that can be dangerous. I know one man that has told me that there's a young man who's praying in the altar. And he took a slim young man and his skin. That this big old robot, robust fellow was got him by the shoulders and said, well, shake it in, shake it in, shake it in. And he, that old boy gave out and another big one got up there in his place. Shake it, shake it. Take the puppy's head off. And they couldn't bring him through, so they were standing off talking. That's the poor boy down there, imagine he had to get a little relief. Well, this man was talking when the evangelist got there and he heard the talk. You know what they're talking about? Seriously. They said, listen, let's just start saying the whole thing. Well, we need some training along that line. I know in Houston, there's a boy there in the church, he never had that before. Uh, came off close to it, but they were, some little fellows playing with him around there. And uh, the one get behind him, one in front of him, and they just uh, spread it. And he just, they thought he'd get the blessing. He just bent over and just laughing. Just laughing. Laughing. The more he laughed, the more they <laughs> Come to find out, the poor boy. He had hated to mention it to anybody because he didn't want to hurt those folks' feelings. 
finally told one of us, he said, uh, to me and I'll tell you, he said, I am so ticklish that I can't hold it. He said, no fellow get me in the ribs. Give it back. And they thought he was getting a blessing and they do it once. And I was way out the doctor and he just stopped wearing me on it. Sometimes they jerk their hands up too quick. Want them to worship God too quick. They need to do some more repentance. On the other hand, they try to make them repent too long. And when they have thoroughly repented, that's the time to get them to love the Lord. And it takes a good midwife to know that. Know when to do what. And it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. But uh, we've uh, we made the, not only chronics, but we've made second chronicles out of some of them. Because they didn't know how to work with them. They don't know how to do it. It's up to us to tell them. Hallelujah. But uh, that's wonderful. The office of a midwife, midwife too, comes in handy every once in a while, special occasion. The friend, that's not what we need. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's not it. Glory. We need somebody that knows the field. And he said, uh, this is all he said, but it was enough. He said, if I can find one to weep, I can find many to save. There's too many dry eyes in Pentecost. Hard hearts. You know those old women in the Bible, they have blush. There. Doesn't want to wait for the presentation. These children are out of that. Blush. Now they blush if they have too many. If you'll pardon this statement, we're living in a profinity that is. It used to be a a real embarrassment to have a four or five week revival without praying a whole bunch of through the Holy Ghost. In fact, those old time preachers would stop the church and go through a confession service and find out what's the matter. Hallelujah. Don't tell me they didn't do it. I know what I'm talking about. And Brother Ben came to they come to you and say, Now what's wrong with you? They find out why God wasn't telling people with the Holy Ghost. Where was the agent? What's wrong? Now then, if you have a pretty good thing for us, and they'll Sunday school up, you're like, all right, that's fine. One of these things, three blessed. We highly recommend these evangelists. I want you to know it's still an embarrassment. 
will have a revival and not take it to the Lord. When God himself said it, he could find one to lead. He could find one. And he said, if you'll go for a week, you'll come again. Rejoice in bringing your sheep. Didn't he say it? And didn't the book plainly, emphatically state, when Simon prevailed, she brought forth her children? Is that in the Bible? Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe that part of the Bible? Well, you say, Brother Bean, why haven't we had more people pray through? Forget it for a while. Forget it for a lot of stuff that uh, just some folks are so busy. I couldn't see them. If it cares so much as I have a house, they wouldn't even stop to pray. I believe in having a neat house and all of that. But we're in a revival. And what do you do when it comes time for a baby to be born? Do you uh, have an old out clean out of the house? No, sir, brother. It's time to get something else done. And I'm telling you the hours for Matthew right now.
There's no such a thing as a soul born without fear. No such a thing. I said there's no such a thing. Now, I wish it would rest, but it's not, but I know I'm trying to get it. There's no such a thing without, without a soul being born without fear. Yeah. I know they were hopped up in the town and hot rotted it. And got uh, got them running through like chicken cows. But friends, a lot of that did not hold it. I said a lot of that. I'm telling you the way to really get the Holy Ghost, you've got to have a moment. Just to be set aside and listen, that man And when you're born and you're left in Somebody grows, somebody grows. Somebody hates, somebody hurts, somebody is in pain. Oh, but after that boy is born, the mother forgets every hour, every moment. That's because of the child in the world. And how it is when we have travailed, and after we travail, we see somebody break through. How we forget those hours of growth. It just fades away. We're ready to start over again. We're ready to go right back to the same place. Forgetting that I've actually not been this for any other. But I, I've actually surveyed it and I've been sore. Like I was burnt through. Like I was uh, cut inside for days. Such travail until it seemed like that my inside would come out of me. And that's, that's it. Travail, travail, travail. Oh, the inhabitants of the villages. Our churches will be there. Our churches will be dead. Our churches will be terrible. Until somebody gets the hold of God with that old-fashioned way of laying hold of God. The so way is all in This little kneeling by the bed at night saying, Good night, Jesus will not do it. No, sir, that little old casual prayer you pray in the morning won't do it. Somebody's got to take time out. Somebody's got to pray until and then and then. other men, other churches, 
we could have already numbered up quite a quite a number of uh, membership. No doubt we could have shook hands with quite a number already. Signed them up and they would be members. In fact, it's got to where it's uh, pretty simple to do that. They don't even have to have a long revival. Ten-day meetings long enough. Right up quite a few. So many converts and what have you. But this church stands out, distinct, different, and separate from any other church in this town. We are not like the Egyptian women. This church does not bring forth members like they bring forth members. This is not a card signing affair. Friend, when you get into this church, there's a process. It's not a handshake. It's not that, friend. It goes beyond that. There is a definite and distinct process to get in the church of the living God. And that process is this. It shall be said of Zion, this and that man was born in her. You don't get in this thing without birth. To get into this church, there's a distinct process of birth. And that makes us different from everything in the country. All you have to do, of course, is get in those other places. Just raise your hand, make a decision for Christ, put your hand on the radio, shake your hands, sign a card, and that's it. And you're in. And you can't get out. But uh, it's different now. God's church, for you to become a member of His church, there is a definite process. And it's a lot more serious than some folks realize that it is. It's a lot more costly than some folks think it is. Every member of this church that I'm talking about is God's church. If a member of this church is not a member of God's church, I tell you that. Not only this church, but others. Those names on rolls that don't even have anything to do with the name of the eternal role. But I'm talking about God's church. I'm talking about the one that has their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Everyone whose name goes on that great membership roll of the immortal scrolls of eternity came by a very definite plan, process. And it was costly. It did not just happen. It wasn't an automatic thing. It wasn't a casual thing. It was a process. You just don't have babies without mothers. said you just don't have babies without mothers. 
It has not come to the incubator deal so far. It has come like it always. You want to know how a baby's born? Go back there to the first one. See how it was born? That's exactly how the last one will be born. And I say, if you want to know how to get in the church of the living God, go back there where the first ones got in, and that's how the last ones are going to get in. There is a definite distinction. The Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. Thank God I'm glad I realized that. Oh, listen, friend. When somebody gets into this thing, <laughs> oh, when somebody gets into this thing, it's not like joining the Lions Club or the Boy Scout meeting. I want you to know that. More involved in that. Oh, if God would help us as his people to realize the need of motherhood in the church. Now, there are four, at least four, different groups involved in the birth of a child. There's the mother... There's the doctor or midwife, there's the relatives, and there are the friends of that child. Four different groups. Now here in the book of Exodus we find mention midwives. And then there's another mention of midwives too. And of course the king had given orders for these midwives to, as they waited upon these Hebrew women to kill the men children. And they didn't do it. The Bible said they feared God. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. The people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. The king was very uh, disturbed why they hadn't done this thing. And the answer was, they're, they're not like the Egyptian women. They're lively and are delivered. Ere the midwives come into them. There's a difference. There's a distinction. And of course, that is a very important point here, and I want this church to get attaining. When the church really gets lively, like it ought to, then of course you don't even need this midwife's too. That's all in the world is all to Midwives. When the church gets lively enough, why they can be born uh, sitting back there on that bench while the song service is going on, testimony service going on. One night in uh, Houston and Brother Kilgore's church in revival, while they was taking up an offering, the lady just prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Uh, offerings are not so bad after all. Until the woman with the Holy Ghost while they're taking up an altar. It was because the Hebrew women had become lively. Hallelujah. And were delivered. There the midwives came up. I'll tell you where I got this message. And I preached it in, I guess, every church except one. And I read the text to preach it in it. It took sick and couldn't finish it. 
the Lord spoke to me and told me to tell his people. Where I got this message is in my mother's church one night, under the little old tabernacle, all this floor. There were several of us around the man there praying in the altar. No, we struggled. Just praying and praying and it looked like it wasn't getting anywhere. Praying hard. And of course, the rest of the church, as usual, was back in the back. And, <laughs> My that's a pretty parent, you know, I like it. You know how that goes. How do you like that car you just bought? And all this actually making as much noise as we were, if not more. Laughing, manner, just carrying on, talking. We was laughing, praying, oh God. The confusion back there was hindering man to get his eye on the Lord. But after a while, somebody touched God. I don't know who it is. Somebody. And the old boy threw his hands up and began to speak in tongues. That has 
suffered death to bring that baby here. There's the one that gets the honor. I said, there's the one that gets the honor. Wake up and hear me. There's the one. He said, these folks are only relatives. Now, there was three or four of us around him. And who became the mother, heaven only knows. But, even though there was three or four around, does not mean that all three or all four of them were mothers. They were midwives. And that's a good job. That's an honorable position. Because those we need some good midwives. I said we need some good midwives. That's the ones that stand around. That's the men sitting in their ears. They say, hold on to God. Nothing's saying turn loose. One saying don't give up. Nothing's saying give up. What they do with that? Well, don't stop for God's sake. Keep a hollering in here. Hallelujah. Oh, please do. Don't at least do that. And we need some good midwives. That's all in the world that is, is midwives. And this is a midwife too, right here. The only reason you need all the things in the church is when the Hebrew women are not like. This altar bench is made for one thing. And that's in the midwife too. Johnson was never did really plan that people walk around on all the things all their lives. Hallelujah. Amen. said he will not dwell in an unclean temple, which means if he hadn't come in, there's something in there that had to come out. Or he had told him all the it's nothing but the sin of unbelief. And of course, that's enough to send him to hell. God is just a fearful and unbelieving without that part of it. So, if it's nothing but the sin of unbelief. But anyhow, there are some cases, some cases where that it's necessary to have a midwife to assist in the birth of that child. And Lord knows we need some training along that line. Another guest midwife. We need. I'm pleading for more. Hallelujah. But uh, it doesn't really go on the record to honor the midwife. It's the mother. Those certificates are cards that there's a woman. Hey, you'll face woman that suffered under the old miss. When that baby is there, there's not. It's your hat to her. Don't forget it. God's got birth certificates recorded in the immortal souls of the country. And he's got names on there who the mother has. If they come to give out awards, he's going to award the mother and give them their honor. Hallelujah. Some folks can live a lifetime in a church and never be nothing but a relative. Some can live a lifetime and never be nothing but a good midwife. But how can we be satisfied to just be a midwife? To know how to 
Keep them praying, keep them shouting, keep them worshiping. How can we be saved? Hallelujah. And of course, some have never learned to be a good midwife. All they know to do is just certain little things that they've seen someone else do. And that can be dangerous. I know one of the told me that there was a young man that was praying in the altar. He said, there's a slim young man. He's thin. But this, this big old robust fellow got him by the shoulders. And said, shake it in. Shake it in. Shake it in. And he, that old boy gave out and another big one got up there in his place. Shake it. Shake it. Like the puppy's head off. They couldn't bring him through, so they were standing off talking. Got the poor boy down there, imagine he's kept it getting a little relief. So they stand off talking. When the evangelist got there, he heard the talk. You know what they're talking about? Sure. They said, listen, let's just start saying the whole thing. Well, we need some training along that line to get it out. I know in Houston, there's a boy there in the church, he never had gotten close to it. Uh, came off close to it, but they were some old fellows playing with him around there. And uh, they wanted to get behind him, one in front, and they just uh, grabbed him right here. And he just, they thought he'd get the best. He just bent over and laughed at him. It's laughing. Laughing. The more he laughed, the more they <laughs> Come to find out, the poor boy, he had hated to mention it to anybody because he didn't want to hurt those feelings. Finally, he told one of us, he said, uh, the man I said, he said, I am so ticklish that I came home and said, it. He said, no fella get me in the ribs. And they thought he was getting a blessing and they knew it was. Well, we need some training along the line of midwives. We really do. We need some training. You know, one boy came fell in the altar. Oh, he was hungry for God. He just fell in the altar. His hair was real long. And when he fell down, his hair just fell over. And some old sister came and sat down. And sat down in that hair. And she wasn't moved. She wasn't moved at all. She just sat there. About an hour later, that poor boy, he's trying to get up, but he couldn't. His hair was caught. And naturally, he never came back. Never did. I've seen him that stood by and it did knock all the blessing out of him. They start to get the hose open. They want him to let us back Come on, you don't get it. And I'm already talking to you, John. But maybe one of the new converts has talked in tongues a while, maybe he did get all the joy that he will get. But he talked in tongues. And uh, there'll be some more joy coming along, but I've seen him stand back. And I know saints right today had the whole world for years still have a battle over it. They heard somebody say Tonight they pray through. They heard somebody say, I don't believe they got it. 
and to this day still has a fire. When that new baby is born, you know what you need to do? You need to give it a smile. Welcome in here. It's tender. You stand there frowning, doubting its experience. Poor little thing, it don't know any better. I'm not. I'm going to do something wrong. Maybe I haven't got it. I've actually had to fight some of these old sore heads off of these babies. Hallelujah. Them already here and already spiked them and made them cry. And they said, right, they're getting born yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't even home. Didn't get it like I got it. Keep on, you'll get it. And young man, I'm just sorry. Got to get in the whole coat that night. We were flying from Barranquilla, Colombia, to Bogota, Colombia, South American Airlines. A young Jewish boy on that plane, salesman for their airline, could speak five different languages, and one of English. He began to talk, and he began to ask some questions found out we were preachers. He said to me, he said, now I don't want you to think that I'm being critical, but I would really like to ask some questions. He said, now you talk about this man, Jesus Christ. Great. If he was so great, and you, of course, declare him to be God and was so great, why did he have to hurt himself, suffer, to save? Why didn't he just reach out and save? I was so thankful he asked that question. That gave me the greatest opportunity to witness about our lovely Lord. To save, to save if he was so great. That's what makes this story so beautiful. Man had never seen the outstretched love of God until Jesus Christ came and suffered for him. God prescribed a plan of salvation, deliverance for people in his and in his prescription, he requires there be a sufferer. And that, of course, became himself. How would man know his real love? How would they know? If he just by a master hand reached out and said, All right, I'm going to save you and you. That would have been power. That would have been majesty. But that would not have... beautiful story is uh, depicted and portrayed to us in the book of Songs of Solomon. And for a long time I never could quite understand Songs of Solomon. It's a beautiful book, but it's kind of a mystery until you know the key. That story is beautiful. Solomon, the great king that to command uh, 
Well, just whatever he wanted, that's what he did. Had all of the resources at his command. Chariots and soldiers and had many wives, many concubines. He decided he wanted a certain girl who just sent for That was all there was to it. And there was no question. They had, she had their daughter. She had to come. But the beauty of that story, there was one that he found one day and decided that it would be unfair to himself, to her, to just take her by command become his bride. And Solomon literally for a time left his throne ordered a shepherd's guard and lived on the mountain around about his kingdom as a shepherd. He tended sheep just like a lowly shepherd. Beside the vineyard that this girl was tending. All of this time she did not know him, who he was. But the courtship began. Finally one day he told her, said, I've got to leave. I won't, you won't see me for a while. But I'll be coming back. He had finally won her heart. And uh, the second, third chapters, and even to the fifth chapter, book of Songs of Solomon, his dreams that she had about him. She's dreaming about him. A beautiful story. Finally, one day, of course, he had instructed her to stay close to the vineyard, a certain spot there in the vineyard. One day she said she saw him coming, leaping on the hill with this mighty, valiant man of cherub. Solomon had come after his bride. That story is beautiful, but there's far more beautiful story that it really represents. And that's when our lovely Lord disrobed himself of his royal glory and power put on himself a shepherd's garb, as it were. He could have demanded every one of us to serve him this morning. We'd had no choice, but he'd rather woo us under him. And that's the reason he came the way he did, to court this human family and to get out of it a bride. And I'm very glad that I yielded to the courtship. Thrilled over today. Praise God and praise God. Now we encourage you to be much in prayer this afternoon for the service tonight. Thrilled to see visitors here today and so many of you coming out. We wish you could come in the night services. We feel like you're missing something. Covering so many folks in this.